2: We are coming to you live from the Guardsman Tree Lot. Damon and Ratto down here for our annual show. If you have any holiday needs, boy, come on down to the Guardsman Tree Lot. We got you covered with whatever you might need. Believe me, we have it from lights to ornaments, bells, bobbles, the tree itself, bouncy houses for the kids, and uh, all sorts of fun activities down here. A little indoor winter wonderland can be yours, and every penny that you spend down here goes to help Bay Area at-risk youth Uh, you were talking about Brandon Nimmo we've got Brandon Ayuk joining us in about 15 minutes it's our one deviation from Aaron Judge pity party that we've been throwing all day but honestly one of the things that I was saying uh, uh, you know talking about this on on Twitter with a few fans you know they went to say well the Giants the Giants need a star they need a star. They need a star. Let me, let me ask you this. Was Pablo Sandoval a star? Was Pablo Sandoval a star? He was here. He was here, but he wasn't anywhere else, believe me. Like, the Giants can cobble together some good stories and reasons to come to the ballpark when you got players that actually go out and start to win. And how far away are they from winning? You know. I really don't know, but for everyone wanting to kind of frame the Giants as this group of perpetual, you know, losers now, you just got to calm down and feel free to live in reality because to me, in order to be labeled a loser, you have to have a losing record. And in the last two years, the Giants. Do not have a losing record. It was the least exciting 81-81 and ever offered to a fan base. I'll give you that last year. The year before that, you won more games than in any other season in the 140 years of Giants baseball. And for everyone to be out there just framing Farhan as an idiot today, remember where you were a year ago. Farhan and Gabe Kapler, they can do no wrong. Look at all the strings that they're pulling. They're like the merry, you know, they're, they're the puppet masters, moving the marionettes perfectly. You don't go from being really good at what you do to total bumbling, incompetent nincompoops overnight. And honestly, this is the level of money where Farhan can only make the offer. He wasn't controlling the bid in the first place. He really wasn't. This was above no. him, even. Oh,
3: of course it was. When you're talking about this money, this is—that's an ownership call. Um, and the other thing is, fans, when they get—you know—when they don't get what they want, they sound like the kid who's going to hold his breath till he turns blue because he didn't get a pony under the tree at Christmas. You don't get a pony this time. You, you, shut up. Move on. You know, t- take the train set instead. That's what they offered. You know, it's up to here's what here's what's up to Farhan Zaidi. You've got Hanager. Show us what else there is. Show us that you, if you can't make the big splash, make a bunch of decent splashes so that your lineup is more representative and you've got pitching. I mean, their mo- his most interesting acquisitions might be bullpen guys and there's no sexy bullpen guy Kenley Jansen just signed with the Red Sox he's not a sexy get anymore Nope. but he's useful get some useful pitchers in the bullpen because last year you got your brains kicked in with that you know that's an improvement to the team and that is Farhan Zaidi's department not nailing down Aaron Judge you could say, well, it's his fault for not offering more. Well, no, he's not the guy who gets to make that offer. He, I mean, you know, that's a Charlie Johnson thing. That's a Greg Johnson thing. It's not a Farhan Zaidi thing. Farhan Zaidi constructs teams.
2: He doesn't buy them. He's very good on the margins. He has been. And look, Farhan, for those, ever, there's a lot of Farhan's an idiot conversations happening today so i owe farhan nothing ray you owe farhan absolutely nothing he's never even been on this show farhan's got zero love when it comes to 95 7 the game i'm not preserving a relationship it would be my pleasure to tell you that he stunk at his job if he did he doesn't could you do better maybe Maybe. Could you do worse? Absolutely. Absolutely you could. Is his clock ticking louder than ever before with the fan base? Yeah. But with ownership, it's not. Not yet. It's not. Not yet. Not yet anyways. The thing that Giants fans are, I think, a little delusional here with is they still think that they need to go out and replace Barry Bonds. And I want to remind you that when Barry Bonds was here, as compelling as exciting as great as must watch as he truly was, he did not help them win the ultimate prize. He did. They did not win a World Series on you know d- during Barry Bonds's contractual years with the San Francisco Giants. They did not. They came close, but they did not. And he had a great series then. So, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. So he did everything he could do. He did. Um, And look, the last time the Yankees were playing high-leverage baseball, Aaron Judge did not necessarily do everything he could do, which led to some booing, which a lot of people thought, hey, maybe that's going to lead him to the Giants after all. It's not that the Giants haven't replaced Barry Bonds that I think really, really upsets fans here. They haven't even replaced Hunter Pence. That's the problem. That's the problem. Barry Bonds is like saying, you know, what this team needs is the Big Dipper. You know, what do you do? We're collecting constellations. Which one do you need? Well, we need another Big Dipper. Well, okay, can't give me the Big Dipper? How about the, the small Dipper? Hey, how about Cassiopeia, okay? You're not quite in the Dipper department. Go and get someone to replace Hunter Pence. I saw this broken down. It was by Jason Stark. So Aaron Judge last year, in the first half, hit 33 of his home runs. He came back in the second half and he hit 29 more. 29 home runs would be the most by a giant in any season since Barry Bonds left. Brandon Belt got the 29 home runs once. 27 home runs would be the most by a right-handed giant since Hunter Pence. The Giants, of course you want the star Of course you want the guy who is guaranteed just having him in the lineup means you're selling 3,000 more tickets tonight than you were going to anyways. But the truth is they need major league hitters. And I'm going to tell you, Mitch Hanniger is one. Sexy? No. Enough all by himself? Clearly not. But he's a real live, actually producing veteran major leaguer than anyone would want to give 500 at bats to, and the frustration, apparently, you know, the, the the anger, a tad misplaced, because I can also tell you this: that, that the free agency is not over. The Giants' free agent class being done and opening day are still two days that are very far apart from each other. So everyone needs to calm down just a little. When it's officially time to say this team did not do its due diligence, did not have a good off season. Ray and I will let you know when that time is. We'd be we'd be, <laughs> we'd be thrilled to let you know when they've officially botched it. It's kind of what we do. It's our brand. They haven't botched it yet.
3: Yeah, we're despicable human beings, but
2: we'll be despicable when it's time. When it's time, exactly. Like I said,
3: 445. We're going to measure
2: out the despicability at appropriate amounts in time. Uh, We do have Brandon Ayuk scheduled to join us as we... Away from the baseball offseason topic for the first time this afternoon to get into the fact that uh, interesting things are going on with the San Francisco 49ers, to say the least. It's Damon and Ratto. We're coming to you live from the Guardsman Tree Lot down here in Fort Mason at the Festival Pavilion. We'd love to see you. And if you can't make it here today, you can join us any day between now and December 16th. The Tree Lot is open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And if you'd like to make a donation and you can't even get down here, guardsman.org is a great place. Place to do that. We'll be back with Brandon and I. You can just a little bit more your calls also around the corner and we're going to get to Warriors Live. The Warriors are in Utah tonight and you want to talk about a game that lacks star power. Well, based on who the Warriors are resting, this game is going to lack a little star power a lot of star power since Steph Curry sitting down tonight along with Wiggins and Draymond Green. Uh, that is all coming up this evening, but it doesn't mean it won't be interesting. We got interesting coming up for you, including an interesting conversation with Brandon Ayuk around the corner. Damon and Ratto from the Guardsman Tree Lot were brought to you by Bet Bath & Beyond.
1: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows
1: nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: Oh, oh,
2: Back to Damon and Ratto from the Guardsman Tree Lot at Fort Mason on 95-7 the game. It is great to have you here. Ray and I are down at the Guardsman Tree Lot. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. We're gonna go inside the 49ers locker room in about 10 minutes. We're gonna have Brandon Ayuk join us. 49ers just let us know they need a little bit more time. Hopefully, you make the time to come on down here to help support the guardsmen. We send kids. To summer camp, we get them out of bad situations. We put them in better educational situations by providing campership and scholarship to Bay Area at-risk youth. We take kids from what can be sometimes terrible educational situations and put them into schools that can help change lives. And again, there are charities where you're just throwing money at a word, as noble as it is, as noble as a cause as it is, you know. How much can you really change the word cancer with the amount of money that you're throwing at it to change one life at a time? To me, that is a charity worth supporting. Hopefully you choose to come on down and support the guardsmen. Really appreciate everyone at the station for setting us up here today. Tim, thank you very much. Matt Nahagian's down here. And it's nice enough to where he's not even wearing a jacket. This might be the warmest we've ever been, Ray, at the the tree lot. Still not warm enough. It's not warm enough. I can't guarantee you tropical, but it's not freezing. Today. Why don't we so just do a good. remote in Hawaii, then? We Hey, PD's standing right here, man. Talk to him if you want to get to, uh, you know, some Hawaiian vacation. Come on out. He sucks. Measure Ray Rattos. Whoever can guess the width of Ray Rattos' tan line gets a complimentary bowl of poi at the end of the evening. <laughs> a bowl of poi. Well, I mean, thinking about your tan line is... That, well, that you're the you in one the one who brought that up. Yeah. Uh, We have uh, Brandon Ayuk joining us in just a little bit. In the meantime, you know, we've got some people who've been texting in on the Xfinity um, uh, text line saying, look, it, it's not that Farhan is an idiot, or I think he's an idiot, or, or it's that he's tried to reinvent the wheel with the coaching staff, and, you know, they have just underperformed last year, and they did. The year before that, <laughs> they ridiculously overperformed, over-performed. the year yeah.
3: Last year, they performed because that's the kind of roster they have. The year before that, almost every player they had had a career year. So the 107 is, it's not myth- mythical because they did it, but it was unsustainable. So that's why this free agent market is incredibly important for them because they have to do this in volume now.
2: Do you think it 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 was an element of false hope that is now working against Farhan and what he thinks he can do? Does he have too much does he believe his own BS too much? No, I don't think so. I think he knew last
3: I think he knew in 2021 that he was he was pulling, you know, face cards out of the out of the deck with regularity. I think last year he knew they were
2: shorter. So why didn't why didn't they do anything last year then? Because they didn't did they have anything
3: agent- to do with anything. I mean, they weren't. I mean, not, you know, they weren't in a position last year to make big splashes. I think in large part because Charlie and Greg Johnson were still licking their wounds from all the money they didn't collect from COVID, and I think they've been in a retrenchment mood for the last three years. And this is the first year that it looked like they broke out of it. You know, usually, you know, I mean, you know, you would think that, oh, you just, you you spend money all the time. Well, a lot of teams didn't spend money during COVID. Only a few did. And only now is that starting to thaw. And the Giants, on the assumption that they were willing to lay out $360 million for one guy, indicates that they want to be players again. They just happened to choose a guy
2: who was less interested in them than the fan base thought he was. It's it's hard to convince a guy to get the pinstripes off, and they could not convince Aaron Judge to take them off, and maybe Aaron Judge didn't even really want the convincing. Maybe he did go out of his way to play upon all of the hometown stories that you heard, and and he used the Giants as leverage. And and look for him to be photographed around the ballpark and in San Francisco, and and create the illusion that he was really interested in going somewhere else. It's smart business, yeah. It's and, smart business for him,
3: and and the Giants don't have a choice but to play along because they can't say ah, you're just you're just having us on, right? You, you can't know? say I don't want to be used. You have to sign up for being used. Yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of free agency. In every other contractual part of sports, leverage is on the side of management. When you're a free agent and you're a desired one, leverage is all on the side of the player. And, you know, I know that management doesn't like it, but they have to, they have to eat the sandwich.
2: That's all there is to it. Someone from the 510 says, you know, the Giants need Steph Curry and Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they, they they could use that star power for sure. And by the way, since we're going to have Brandon Ayuk joining us in just a little bit, did you see that Nick Bosa followed up his Defensive Player of the Month of November award by winning the first Defensive Player of the Week award in the month of December? Nick Bosa is on his way i think to being recognized as the nfl's defense player of the year i, re- I really do uh, i'll
3: be interested to see how much their final record impacts that because i think right now it's a coin flip between him and Mike parsons and if the and if the cowboys have a better record at the end of the regular season when the votes get tallied i wonder if that doesn't tip it his
2: way that's i, I understand why you think that but i think that we will be looking at the Dallas Cowboys and saying, well they got Dak, they got Zeke, they've got Pollard, they've got CD Lamb. There there are players here on a Cowboys team that doesn't take any way, you know, anything away from how good Micah Parsons is. If the 49ers win four more games this year, and Nick Bosa's fingerprints are all over them, I mean, I think that that—oh, I think it's a hell of an argument. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm
3: not—I'm yeah. not saying that Bosa is not very much a factor in that. It's a two-horse race. I, all I'm saying is, if the Cowboys end up winning four more games too, and everybody says, "Well, it's the offense," point is, people think about the Cowboys more. They do, and they're going to go. Nah, I've seen—I've seen Micah Parsons wreck. Backfields, just like Bosa has. It's a look. They're they're a big brand. There is you can't no you doubt can't be wrong, you can't be wrong on either vote
2: no i mean you really could the the two of them are having extraordinary extraordinary years there's there's no doubt about it brandon Ayuk is having the best year of his career and he'll be joining us here in just a second but today with all the baseball money being spent ray you know i i was looking all around at the history of baseball contracts and and it's amazing when you look at the mike trout just the extension of mike trout when we're talking over 400 million dollars it dwarfs Any other amount of money ever thrown around Major League Baseball, but. We're talking about free agent contracts, the most ever signed. And today, Aaron Judge, he hit a record. Nine years, $360 million. Second highest ever, Bryce Harper with the Phillies. The 13-year, $330 million deal that he signed. Corey Seager with the Texas Rangers. I bet you you could ask who's got the highest contract in baseball to a lot of people, and they would never have even brought up Corey Seager. But again, the Rangers gave him $325 million over a decade. You got Garrett Cole with the Yankees. That is nine years, 324 million. You got two guys tied at five. Manny Machado with the Padres, 10 years, 300. Trey Turner with the Phillies, obviously 11 years, 300. That just came around. Every single one of the contracts I just told you about is active is happening right now we're at the dawn or somewhere in those contracts they all expire in either 2028 29 30 31. alex rodriguez is still the seventh highest contract in the history of major league baseball and the eighth highest free agent contract in the history of baseball. Remember, he signed with the Rangers 10 years, 225 million before signing with the Yankees for 10 years, 275 million. Anthony Rendon of the uh, of the Angels, seven years, 245 million. And Steven Strasburg is still out there with a seven year, $245 million contract. When you look at the amount of money, the giants have ever spent on a position player it does get a little just a a touch embarrassing when you look at how much money they haven't spent on a position player i saw this today uh jeff young is the guy who tweeted it mitch hanniger's $43.5 million contract is the second largest deal the Giants have ever given to a free agent position player since Barry Bonds' seven-year, $43.5 million deal all the way back in 1992. The largest since then was a five-year, $60 million contract for Aaron Rowand. The Giants are going to need to change their business dealings to compete. With the Dodgers and the Padres, that's a full stop. I don't care what they got coming through their minor league system. I don't care. They got a lot less. They got a lot more leaving today.
3: I don't know if you've been paying attention, but the Rule Five minor league draft—they lost nine guys off their Richmond roster today. Did they really? Yeah. So they're gonna have to get live bodies all over the reorganization.
2: But isn't that something else? That a forty-three and a half million dollar contract, which you know is the official equivalent of not a big bite of anyone's pie these days is the second biggest contract that they've ever given out yeah i mean the the
3: only thing i would say about that because factually it's true the money leveled off when covid hit and now it's just starting to you know boom again and it's booming for guys. Mitch Haniger is not one of those guys for which it's going to boom. But the Giants won three World Series based on having great pitching, great defense, and decent offense. And they have to pick a lane here. They either have to become you know mad bombers like the Phillies have, or they have to be the team that they were ten years ago, where they've got a deep rotation and a lights out bullpen. Because you can win a World Series with that, pretty easily. But you have to be able to hit on a bunch of different guys with mid-level contracts. I mean, we saw the Giants do it three different times. Well, the bullpen was the same for all three, but the rotation—yeah, they they had to back and fill with that. Um, you know, the how they reconstructed the the everyday roster every day was you know was pretty impressive. That was that was Brian that was Brian Sabian at his best. You know, and that's how they ended up with three, three parades in five years. They might have to recreate that if they can't land
2: the big marlin. Is is Farhan too? I mean, here's the thing: it's it's not like Brian Sabian. Was uh, not paying attention to statistics and analytics and and maybe they weren't nearly in the middle of the conversations that they are right now, but it felt like Sabian went with his gut just a little bit at times and and Farhan is the type of person that I don't think is ever going to go with his gut. He's got a spreadsheet for that and that's another reason why Giants fans are, are cool on Farhan. They feel he's a little bit too intellectual
3: well they i mean a he's not that much of an intellectual that he doesn't play his gut but maybe the next thing they need to do when this free agent market is over is show the fans something that they won't get to see which is throw out a ton of money from for scouting department improvements not that the guys they've got are terrible but maybe they get more scouts maybe they start you know blanketing the Caribbean in ways that they haven't before maybe they send more guys out all over the place and try to win with thoroughness but they haven't been able to win by throwing their wallet on the table because that's that was the other thing that Sabian did Sabian was a scout he knew guys who were scouts you know he and you know Dick Tidrow found pictures for him over and over and over again John Bard did the same thing for him um, Maybe that's the way
2: the Giants are going to have to do this, if they can't, you know, land the big fish. Kodai Senga is a pitcher from Japan. He is known for having the pitch, the ghost fork. He throws a fork ball that has the bottom drop out of it. I've seen it on Pitching Ninja, and I'm sure a lot of you have too. But look, it—I have never understood why the Giants have not been more aggressive. Over in the Pacific Rim, I, like look at the demographics of the city of San Francisco. I cannot believe that this team isn't hell bent on having an Asian face in their lineup, in their rotation at all times. At all times. I mean, look at what it could do. Just to, you know, in terms of bringing people to the ballpark. It. It. it, it I. I. To me. It's a blind spot, not only in a, in a in a place where you're going to find actual, that can really help you, Major League talent, but can help you at the gate as well. I am stunned the Giants have not made that more of a priority. I can't believe that they don't have more scouts in Japan than any other team.
3: Um, yeah, I don't know how many scouts they have in Japan. I don't know how many scouts any team has in Japan very often you you only need the one or two because you've got to deal not with the player and the agent but you've got to deal with the the team itself yeah yeah so i mean i'm i'm not well educated enough on that part of the dynamic but if manpower or if human power is part of the equation the giants have no excuse not to have as many scouts as the most scouted team in baseball because that's how they wanted a decade ago and if they're not going to be able to nail down the big ticket item every year you have to do it with you have to do
2: it with volume somebody said you guys aren't you know talking about defensive player of the year and another person here is saying what are the 49ers uh and and warriors not existent today Yeah. Today, yeah. I mean, a little bit. We're about to have Brandon Ayuk on as soon as we can connect with him from inside the 49ers locker room. And the Warriors are coming up tonight. We're going to, in about a half an hour from now, completely pivot to nothing but Warriors talk as Ray and I get you ready with a little Warriors live ahead of Warriors and Utah tonight. Um, I can tell you that just sinking your teeth into this one tonight you will quickly find out that neither uh Steph Curry nor Draymond Green nor Andrew Wiggins is is playing tonight uh the Utah Jazz might get Mike Connolly and Rudy Gay back tonight so that isn't going to make things any easier on the Warriors I mean the real interesting things tonight is you know who's going to get to start at the power forward is it going to be Kaminga Is it going to be Anthony Lamb? Is he going to get the start? James Wiseman is returning tonight. They need some size. They need a body. How much faith does Steve Kerr have in James Wiseman to give him a real chunk of minutes? Uh, It's it's going to be interesting. Somebody also from the 415 says, really, you're not even going to include Max Crosby in the conversation with Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons? No. Well, look, Crosby is having a great year. On a team that is utterly irrelevant at this point in the conversation and it really does to the most optimistic of raiders fan feel like hey i just saw that they've been averaging seven yards per play over the last three games so here they come here they unfortunately they buried themselves early enough in the year and you all know that uh at least three more losses are coming to the Raiders because that's just how the Raiders behave. Uh,
3: for the guy who wants more warrior stuff, yes. Um, Andrew Wiggins' adductor strain will be reevaluated on Monday, so he's not playing against the Celtics on Saturday
2: either. Oh. Well, that's not good, considering how much we uh, saw Andrew Wiggins and how important he was against the Boston Celtics. Uh, do we have Brandon Ayuk? That's fantastic. We're very happy to say hello to Brandon Ayuk as we go inside the 49ers locker room, presented by Harris Ranch Beef. Visit your local Chavez supermarkets for all your beef and tailgate needs. He's in his third year, having his best year in the NFL. Brandon Ayuk, thank you for joining us here on Damon and Ratto. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing good. Thank you for having me.
2: You know, I don't think we got the opportunity to talk to you last year. I know we did talk to you during your rookie year. And just let me tell you, watching your growth, watching the way you have uh, turned into, uh, yeah, I I think one of the better options on the 49ers, you know, McCaffrey and Debo and Kittle, they might get the lion's share of the attention and the headlines. But, Brandon, watching the player you've become, uh, I love players watching it all click for them. And it feels like it's really clicking for you this year. So congratulations to you.
4: Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Why is this year the year that it's all starting to make sense for you?
4: Um, I'm still... I'm still of course, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, I think uh, that's part of it. Just being, understanding I don't ever have it figured out. But I think at this point, just... um having a better understand, understanding of what we want to do week to week what my assignment is what my role is what my job is and it's easier to hone in that way when, when you have my understanding
3: to the extent that you know understanding is a is a process um what is what are the things that you understand instinctively now that maybe you didn't have a year ago or maybe you didn't have at the beginning of the year what what are the what are the light bulbs going on over your head right now specifically?
4: Well, I think uh, first of all, um, just understanding what we want to do um, on offense, what um, what my assignment is on each given play, um, understanding how it works, understanding how to prepare week to week, understanding how to get myself ready mentally and physically week to week, because um, you really don't know what you don't know. You um, know, you think you might so. Like I said, just understanding um, the little things, but also understanding that I don't have it figured out.
2: Brandon Ayuk here on 95 7 The Game. So obviously, uh, the big story around the 49ers changed when Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot, and now it is up to every 49er on the offensive side of the ball to help Brock Purdy really get his legs underneath him. Specifically, Brandon, what can you and this wide receiver room do to help Brock
4: Purdy? get ready to go and win games in this league um, I think I think in the room we've talked about it just coming out this week um and having a clean crisp fast week um to just to just get the look, um get full speed pr- um preparation get everything that we need to get done um throughout the week ready to go so that when sunday comes we can just play um but we know we know it's a process um so we're just um, taking it upon ourselves to hold up our end of the bargain as best as we can um, on every given play so that. Um, we take care of that for 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 him. So we're not looking around, um, asking him any questions, making anything any more difficult than it needs to be. So we're just trying to hone in on what we have to do this week. How much
2: does it change for you specifically, Now on your third quarterback this year, I know that you worked out quite a bit with Trey Lance during the offseason. Obviously, when he went down, it's back to Jimmy Garoppolo. On a third quarterback now, how much does that really change things for you, your offense, how much different it might be now than it was before?
4: Um, I don't think too much changes. Um, We're we're, we're offense that um, the receivers have to get to a spot. And the quarterback has to know that where that spot is and if we're on the same page and not too much change. Um, I've, asked, I've been asked that question a couple of times um, just since Sunday. And I think that for me, the, the thing that changes the most is just um, hearing the place in the huddle. Because, you know, each guy, changes, each, each guy calls it a little bit different. Each guy talks a little bit different. Um, and some words may sound a little different or sound the same depending on who's calling it. So I think that's, that's the main thing that changes the most for me
2: uh I-, I saw that trent williams was basically quoted saying that for a young guy for mr irrelevant uh brock purdy uh takes no lip in that huddle and i think the quote basically said from trent williams you would think this guy was peyton manning or something would you co-sign that does brock purdy sound like he is a first ballot hall of famer just in the huddle
4: <laughs> oh yeah for sure we uh even today today was pretty funny we had um uh, we're kind of joking around having Having a, having a little fun during the walk through, and he's like he's like all right, yeah. like y'all y'all tighten up, let's go. Like we, we're trying to get the situation. Everybody looked around like okay, okay. So we kind of we, we we like that about him. We respect it about him. Um, we love that he's able to, um, no matter what his situation. And he 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 demands he, dem- he demands um, everybody's attention and demands um, the best when we're out there. So we, we definitely respect that.
3: The first time he did that, how surprised was everybody else in the huddle? Because normally. A guy with his resume has to talk with a whisper to start with, and
4: it sounds like he did not. No, not at all. Um, and you want that from your quarterback. You want that from your quarterback. Um, like I said, no matter what his situation is, um, he understand he understands what the importance of his role right now, and that it, that it is his role right now. Um, so, um, and we we could all respect how way he feels fit to 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 lead that role and to play that role.
2: Brandon Ayuk here on Damon and Ratto. Pleasure to have him on today. We're coming to you from the Guardsman Tree Lot down at uh, Fort Mason, the Festival Pavilion here in the marina in San Francisco. Brandon, what did you think of Brock's first meaningful game action as a pro? I mean, you know, you've... You've been around uh, enough blocks now to where you know you know someone had a good game, a bad game. I thought he was very very impressive for a guy who just got thrown into it. W- what did you end up thinking about Brock Purdy's debut?
4: I was super impressed. I was super super impressed, and also happy for him. Um, I, I, I kind of look at it from a different um, kind of mind uh, state of mind, just because I had a first NFL game as well. So, um, and I know how that went. That went. All types of different ways, and nothing how I expected it to go. Um, and I wasn't playing the quarterback position, so I'll just leave it at that. I was very, very, very impressed by how he handled his business. Um, and it also showed it also showed us that he handled his business when um, he didn't even he wasn't even expecting to have to have to go out there. Uh, so that, was, that that began back on on Monday um, in terms of his preparation from the new week, leading all the way up until Sunday to give himself an opportunity just to be able to go out there and perform the way that he did.
2: Brandon, take me back to your first game. What is the one thing that I guess comes to you ahead of any other memory? Was it something that you were afraid or nervous about, or was there something that you actually became comfortable with? What What
4: is the go to
2: memory of your NFL debut?
4: I remember my my, my debut um, back in COVID. Back in COVID, I was uh I was thrown out there. Um, and I had a, actually had a play that was going to me, um, and I was out there, um, and I just completely blank on the play. Like the play was going to me, of course. Like as a receiver, anybody who's getting the ball, you you for sure remember your own plays that you're getting. Um, those are those are the last ones that you forget. But I just completely blank on it. Like you go out there, you hear the play in the huddle, and you just like I just I knew I knew I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing at all, not for a second. So I just it's ended the donut. up donut. The play, the play the play was going to me, the quarterback looking at me like, what are you doing like and the play and we ended up having, like, we ended up killing the play, and it was a dead play um on the play that was supposed to go to me that ended up looking on film like we had a great look for it so that's 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 what I remember from my debut game um yeah, it was tough, so like I said uh, for him to go out there and, and play the quarterback position and, and know what everybody's doing on the offense um not just one person I, I was very impressed.
3: When was the last time that happened to you? Because, yeah, it's your first game, nerves, a million things to be going through your head. When was the last time you went to the line of scourge and, just, and
4: had had that similar feeling? It's ha- it happened before um, at, at this point in time. I, I, there's plenty of times where I go to the line, and I go to the line, we hear the play in the huddle, and I'm like, take me a couple seconds, but as I've been in the offense and i I can kind of start piecing things together, and what I, what I did here and what I didn't here, I kind of piece together what I have, um, and also just kind of think back to my week of preparation and kind of just kind of snap into it right before and be okay. Um, so I haven't forgot it fully and just ran nothing, but I, I, there's been times where I've lined up and, and forgot a little bit.
3: But is that, in your mind, a sign that you... Either have gotten what you need to get, or you're almost there. Because even when you go to the line of scrimmage blank, you could still piece together what's supposed to happen with other cues.
4: Yeah, that's 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 just that's just being just being familiar with this offense, being in it for a little bit. Um, yeah, that's that's what that's what that is. But I don't I don't think I don't think I don't think there'll ever be a point where I just that word never happens. That's just kind of what it is. You think about, see, there's so much that that goes in. Uh, there's so much stuff that you're thinking about throughout the course of the game and throughout the week that it happens sometimes, but you know you want to keep those down to a minimum.
2: Wide receiver Brandon Ayuk here on ninety-five-seven. The game and whenever you have a wide receiver on, you got to talk about the defense, right? I mean, <laughs> your defense right now is maybe one of the scariest units, if not the scariest unit in the entire league. How much pressure? does that take off your offense when everything is going well? And especially now that, you know, you're on Brock Purdy, how reassuring is it to know that scoring on the San Francisco 49ers is one of the biggest uphill battles in the entire NFL?
4: Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, I've, I've played on teams before, not in the National Football League, where I've played on teams before where you know, your, your defense has no chance in hell in stopping anybody, so you have to go in every game, scoring, hoping to score as much as you possibly can, and, you have to, and, you have, and it changes the way that you play. Obviously, um, in the NFL um, and, and here with the Niners, we want to do the same thing. That's obviously the goal every given week, but that's just not how it works all the time. Um, so to have a defense that we can, that we can bank on and, and, and know that they're going to hold up their end of the bargain um, it makes our job a lot easier, but at the same time, saying that um, I tell the defense even before the game, I tell them we we want to be on the same the same type of time that you guys are on. We want to be we never want to be in a situation where the defense is looking at us um, like like which what what, what's going on. Can y'all can y'all score some points? So I think I think although although it does take some pressure off, I feel the pressure in the same way as one one is to hold up our end of the bargain the same way that that they do, um, so that maybe. You know, you never, know, you never know. National Football League stuff happens, so we don't want to go into every game. In any game, banking on them, we want to hold a part of the bargain as well. So I feel like the pressure comes back that way as well.
3: How is the ball that Purdy throws different from the ball that Garoppolo throws, and how is it different from the ball that Trey Lance
4: threw? I think, um, I think, I think Brock and Jimmy have similar, similar balls in terms of the way it comes out and the pace that they come out. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy, he has like even a, a couple of throws that I've watched from this past game is just like, some of the craziest things that I've seen. For him able to throw the ball, just so t- so so soft that you just have to stick your hands down and just stick your hands. But with pace, that it's not they're not they're not laws or not they're not slow balls. They're 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 nice balls they are e- they're easy to catch. I think I think Brock is similar in that way. Um, and then, and then of course it's different from Trey because Trey can throw the ball. In any way that he wants to, really. Um, so I think the, I think that's the difference. They all they all they all have. They're all similar in the way that the ball comes and touches the hands, but um, the process of how it gets to you is a little bit different.
2: Brandon Ayuk here on ninety five seven. The game, and I know it wasn't the result that you wanted that day in Atlanta, but that felt like your real break loose game this year. You had eight catches, eighty three yards, two touchdowns, and then in, in that game. It felt like you started to finally see the Matrix. Like that's where your heater that you've been on pretty much since then officially started. Did something for you, Brandon, click in that game that you've carried through? Do you think back to that as a, a coming out party, if you will, for the season that you're you're having?
4: Oh, uh, oh, I mean that was that was a long, long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I just you know, I just think I just feel like um, no matter when it was, um, and whenever like you say that that game breakout game quote unquote, um, I, just, I, I knew I knew it was coming at whatever time it was going to come at. Um, just based off um, the confidence I have in myself and the work that I've put in, um, I knew it was only a matter of time. Um, but I, also at the same time, the urgency kind of picked up along along that time because we're a couple games into the season, you kind of get a feel for it. Um, you know, we don't you don't really. You don't really play, or you don't really play preseason. So now you get your first couple games of full time action, and you get into it. So every week you're like, excited more and more excited to go back out there, just because um, you feel better and better each week as you continue to play more football. Um, and I think the same thing continues as you go along, um, every 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 game of the season. Even now, um, every week I'm more and more and more excited to go out there each Sunday um, to just try to show what I could do every given week um, and put good stuff on film and just continue to try to do my part. Um, And then look at the end of the season and we'll figure out where we're at at then. Um, But right now, um, we get into December, uh, middle of December, playing these super meaningful games where they start to feel like playoff games and we start to position ourselves. We're all just trying to play our best ball, and I think that's the main goal as the season goes along. You want to continue to play each week, get better, um, and keep putting the best product on film each week.
2: Well, look. Any team that wants to go ahead and win in January better start winning in December. You guys have been putting together a real nice winning streak. And even with another quarterbacking injury, it feels like the, the 49ers are well built to even possibly survive this. And and it is, uh, it's something else that you guys, it's been a, it's a wildly entertaining season so far. Uh, Brandon is a Pac-12 guy. I got to ask you. Do you have any advice for Dion Sanders, who I think stunned a lot of people by going to Boulder to take on the Buffs job?
4: Oh, uh yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I'm biased when it comes to type twelve. Uh, I know you are. I'm type twelve football, so I don't have any advice for him, but uh, you know, you know, I love Dion. Hopefully. Um hopefully Hopefully does a good job up there, but when it comes to playing with sundays, I hope, I hope they get after you guys. There you go. Hey,
2: Brandon, we thank you so much for joining us. Our friends at Harris Ranch Beef want to officially make this worth your while. So they're going to send you 10 pounds of prime steaks, and you get to choose your cut. Brandon, do you want the ribeyes, the porterhouses, or the New York strip steaks? Uh,
4: I did I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do the New York strip, New York strip.
2: It's a very toothy, beefy, strong cut indeed. Thank you so much. We hope you do enjoy. And again, congratulations to the season that you guys are, are in the middle of, and specifically congratulations to you on the season that you're having. Continued health and success the rest of the way. Brandon, thank you for joining us. And happy uh, Merry Christmas.
4: Thank, thank you. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas to you as well.
2: Thank you very much. Brandon Ayuk joining us here on 95-7 the game for our inside the 49ers locker room segment. And again, brought to you by Harris Ranch Beef and Chavez Supermarkets. We thank him for joining us. He was good. He was talkative, man. We like talkative. We like talkative an awful lot, and I'm I'm happy to hear That he really, you know, was, was, I mean, look at it this way. Even if you weren't impressed, he was going to tell you he was impressed by Brock Purdy. But I think there's a reason to be impressed by Brock Purdy. Not only with the game film that we actually saw coming out of that win over the Dolphins, but the stories. Look, you know, Trent Williams isn't going to carry a pale of nonsense for anybody in this league. He wouldn't talk about how, yeah, this young guy's really impressing me with the way he barks out, you know, orders in the huddle, if he weren't actually impressed with the way Brock Purdy was doing that. And confidence can go a long way. When you don't have the experience, boy, you better have confidence. And I don't even care if it's false confidence. You better have it because it's contagious. And so is being nervous in a huddle. That's very contagious. So even if Purdy is faking it, Ray, it's the right thing to fake. Well, yeah. I mean, you've
3: got to show when you don't have a resume that you can at least be attitudinal about it. And there's a thing about the huddle and this is this is both the offensive and defensive huddle is one guy has to be in charge and he has to be able to pass off like he's in charge. And when the guy in charge has essentially no experience, all you've got is all you've got is bluff. So you've got to sell it to your sell it to yourself first,
2: and then sell it to them. And then after that it's about results. So we've officially got uh, a very interesting final half an hour right around the corner. Warriors Live is about to take over the airwaves here on ninety five seven. The Game, but when Ray and I do come back, we will go over the main headline of the day. Obviously, Aaron Judge is nowhere near 24 Willie Mays Plaza. He is staying in the Bronx. We will come on back to sort of recap how this day played out and what the Giants' options might look like at this point in time. We're coming to you live from the Guardsman. Tree Lot. We're going to tell you more about that in just a minute. Warriors Live starting in just a minute. Uh, brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your supersonic Wi Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. And as always, Stamen and Ratto brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises.
1: T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.